everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. Well, today we wrap up our series on fear. Fear is something that we all deal with. There's some toxic fear. And also last time we discovered why there's one fear we should have constant in our lives. Today I'm talking about the fear of something that is unusual because when I talk about this fear, we tend to run from this fear. And when we run from this fear, we think by running from it, it'll gain intimacy and trust and joy and happiness in our lives when we flee from it. In reality though, when we face this fear, that's when we discover what trust and intimacy and love and purpose and power is all about. What am I talking about? Well, this morning, I decided to go out to my swimming pool, which I do regularly, about, I don't know, four or five times a week, and practice casting. Here's what happened. just several hours ago. That's our dog, Level. We adopted him, well, we really rescued him from the streets. And He's been attacked by a coyote, he has half of an ear, he's been bitten by a copperhead, he survived it, he's tough, he's tenacious, level is all in. The other dogs were just content to hang around the edge and bark and and circle. Level though is all in. That's what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about the fear of going all in. The fear of that 10 letter word that we struggle with, that our society applauds when we do the opposite, commitment. Our culture though applauds, don't we? Our lack of commitment from month to month department leases to free agency in athletics, to escape clauses and contracts, to prenuptial agreements. Most of us have that excuse making, work faking, vow forgetting, job quitting mentality that bolts from commitment. Commitment, whoa, I wanna keep my options over. Commitment, I don't wanna be hemmed in. Commitment, what if something or someone better comes along? I'm not gonna really commit. Fear, fear, the fear of commitment. Fear, F-E-A-R, could be a frantic effort to avoid reality. I don't wanna, I don't wanna commit. I don't wanna commit. I want to just live in limbo, in purgatory. Commitment, we're gonna discover, starts with God. So think about it. In the areas of your life that matter, are you just barking around the edge and the ledge of the pool or are you like level, are you all in? Are you fully committed? The Bible says in Psalm 37, five, commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him and he will do it. As I've said many times before, if we have an attorney in the house, we could sue Nike, 
because God said, just do it thousands of years before Nike ever coined the phrase. Maybe there's a lawsuit here, I don't know. The Bible says though, commit your way. That's the totality of who you are to the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him. God, you're God, I'm not. Commitment starts with you and God, you will do it. So God's commitment, check this out, is on tap 24 seven. So to understand what life is about, it's about that 10 letter word that we fear, commitment. Commitment, what does it mean? Commitment means to pledge yourself to a stance no matter what the circumstance. Say it with me, to pledge yourself to a stance no matter what the circumstance. So really it's easy to explain. We simply commit ourselves to what God is committed to. We commit ourselves to what God is committed to. So it starts with God. Have you committed your life to God? Now from there it segues into something else. And, and, and let, me, let me tell you a story. You remember Apostle Paul, St. Paul. Well, Paul was this hater of the church. Man, he was having Christians killed. He was just blowing up churches. He despised Christianity. One day he's like walking down the Damascus road, you know, brilliant guy, sharp guy, wealthy guy. Boom! Jesus started speaking to him. And here's what Jesus said to, at the time, Saul. Once he became a believer, his name was changed to Paul. Here's what Jesus said to him. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? In modern day vernacular, why are you hating on me? That's what Jesus said. Okay, think about it. What was Paul hating on? At the time, Saul, he was hating on the church. Jesus said, you're hating on me, the body of Christ, the church, Jesus. They're synonymous. Once we commit our lives to Christ, which Saul did, he became Paul. He was a part of the church universal, the universal body of Christ. Every person who's committed their lives to Christ is a part of the church universal. That'd be a good place to clap. I mean. Wow, wherever you are, in one of our many different locations, we're all a part, we're all a part, all believers of a local church. Also, we're a part of a universal church. We're a part of a universal church and a local church. Believers in the Bible were hooked up to a local church. Now, let me read you some verses. I'm gonna read one kind of slow and then I'm gonna fly through some verses. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27, now, now you are the body of Christ because of commitment. And each one of you, because of commitment, is a part of it. We commit. We're not born as a body part in the body of Christ. We have to say, okay, I'm committed. Then we're a part of the body of Christ. Universal, then of course, local. Membership has its privilege. Every member is a minister in God's economy. And membership means ministry. You're active, I'm active as a member. And if a, a body part is not active, it's usually amputated. And that's, and that's pretty heavy. So, so, so the Bible comes along and says that. Just a couple days ago, I was in a leadership meeting with several leaders from here and also some from around the country. And, and we were talking about the lack of commitment in the church. We've done some studies here 
And we discovered that 30% of people, 30% of our most involved people show up once every three weeks. Let me say that again. We tracked it through our children's data. Our most faithful people, are you ready for that? Show up to Fellowship Church once every three weeks. And I said that, and people in the room were like, wow. Didn't they begin to check it and they go, we're the same. We're the same from across the country. We're the same. We're the same. We're, we, yeah, that, that, that makes sense. We're the same. The church has become increasingly marginalized, hasn't it? We want, again, trust. We want intimacy. We want happiness. We want joy. Yet the things we chase away from commitment, we never get there. The Bible says when we commit to God, when we commit to his house, then we will accrue these benefits in our lives. Then and only then will we discover what we're looking for. The church, though, has become increasingly marginalized. Parents worship extracurricular activities. We're in big competition with other parents. We bow to the soccer ball. We bow to the football. We bow to club cheer. We bow to here, there, and yonder. I looked this up recently. Only 1% parents of children get a full ride in a Division I school. It will not happen for little Johnny. It will not happen. Now, you do have a good chance of getting a full ride if your kid is into fencing. 32% of those who are into Oh God, yeah, you could get a full ride. So we're chasing this and that and yonder, obviously you're not because you're here, at the expense of the only institution that Jesus ever built. Have you ever thought about the gigantic worship centers right now across our country? Have you ever thought of the billions of dollars that people tithe? All the football stadiums? That's what I'm talking about, houses of worship. All the arenas? Oh, we dress up in the colors. We paint our faces. People who are so conservative here who would never even clap or raise their hand are like, yeah! Going absolutely buck wild. We pay thousands of dollars to sit in cramped seats and eat overpriced junk food. And somebody's gonna complain to me because they gotta wait in line or the service was five minutes too long. Isn't that funny? It really is. We've lost our commitment. And I'm not hating on football or sports, I like it. There's a balance. Parents, you gotta choose one sport. You've gotta say, as far as me and my house, we are committed to God and to the church. Okay, you ready to write? I'm gonna fly through some scriptures because the Bible says that all these scriptures were written in the context of the local church because 
A text taken out of context is a pretext. You must take the text within the context. And the context is not just to an individual believer, it is to someone who is a member of the local church, the only thing that Jesus ever built. He didn't build a school, he didn't build a stadium, he didn't build an arena, he didn't own a sports franchise, he built the church. Here we go. Romans chapter 12, verse 10, be devoted to, say it with me, Oh, you sound excited. Say it like you're, say it, say it like you're, like you're cheering for your team at the national championship. Be devoted to one another. In love, honor, one another. above yourself. Second Corinthians chapter 13, 11. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration and courage. One another. Be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve in love. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. Bear burden and so fulfill the law of Christ. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with in love. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Be kind and compassionate to forgiving each other just as Christ, God forgave you. Okay, it's hard to read that fast. <laughs> Hebrews chapter three, verse 13, exhort daily while it's called today. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, but let us not consider how we may spur on toward love and good deeds, not giving up the meeting together or some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Those are just some of the verses talking about what we can do if we're a member of the church. Here's the church, remember this? There's this people. Open the doors and see all of the hopefully committed people. Here's, here's the question. What if, whoa, look at these people. What if every person had the same commitment quotient as you? What if every person was committed to prayer like you? What if every person was committed to bringing their finances like you? What if every person served like you? What if every person witnessed like you? What if every person volunteered like you? What if every person read their Bible like you? What, 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 what kind of church will we have? How committed would we be? I mean, too many of us are just barking around the edge of the pool, like our Maltepoo, who's a rescue, our Golden Doodle, who's not, and our big bad Doberman, who's definitely not. They're just barking, making all this racket and noise, level, fully committed. It's cold this morning in that pool. He just, boom, jumped in. And it's time that we jump in and say, God, I want to be committed to what you're committed to. It starts with God, right? Then it moves into the church. We commit to church membership. God moves in mysterious ways. God moves corporately. How about when it comes to the spouse? That's a big relationship. I mean, the only relationship that's analogous to God's relationship with his people, of course, and the church would be that in marriage. How about, how about marriage? That's a... It's a pretty big issue. Some people are like afraid of commitment, commitment phobic, afraid of marriage. Well, if I get married, man, I mean, I won't be free. I won't be free. 
What if a supermodel comes along and she loves Jesus? There's always going to be somebody better looking. Well, what if, what if, uh, I don't know, you know, what if a, a guy comes along and, and, and I don't care if he looks good, but he's rich and he loves the Lord. Well, ladies, I know, I know there's always going to be somebody better looking than your man who have more money than your man, cooler than your man. That's just the way it is. If you're waiting and waiting and waiting, you'll never commit freedom. And people are like, well, I don't want, I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to get hurt. Well, you, when you commit, you're going to get hurt. I mean, that's just part of it sometimes, you know? And maybe in our past we've gotten hurt and we're oh, commitment phobic because if I put my heart out there, I'll get, it, I'll get it hammered and it'll come back to me and I'll be rejected. Well, that's just, that's just the way it is. And then others are like, well, I'm just waiting for the right time to get married, the right time. And when, and, and when I can afford it, I'll get married. Well, you'll never get married. <laughs> when can I afford it? When I can afford it, I'm gonna have kids. You ain't gonna ever have kids. I'll start tithing when I can afford it. It's not gonna happen. Never. Feelings. Well, I just don't feel it. Well, I would like to have sat by my pool, had some poached eggs. I've been making poached eggs lately. I'm really into poached eggs. I don't know why. It's just weird. I'm obsessive compulsive. I wouldn't mind just sitting back, drinking coffee, having some poached eggs, chilling, taking my rod and reel, casting in the pool a little bit, having the dogs bark and level, swim around and chase all the different fishing lures I'm trying out. That's what I would rather be doing. I feel like doing that. I don't feel like doing what I'm doing now. I feel, and so it must be real. No, no, it's not real. Feelings will lie to us. So think about, think about your spouse. Are you committed to your spouse? Have you committed in marriage? Because when we commit, only, only in the soils of commitment will we experience intimacy and maturity and joy and happiness and trust and discipline and vision. Only, only through that. So what's so funny is, Somebody get married and it's like, oh man, you're not meeting my needs and I don't know and I don't feel like it and I feel him then. And here's the deal. You look at your spouse and you see reflected back who you really are. So you ditch that relationship and you trade it in for a newer model, right? Younger model, guys, ladies, a more expensive model, <laughs> Bentley, yeah. Well, guess what? You had the same problem with that Maserati or Bentley that you have with that Ford F-150. Same crap. Because there's one person, there's one person who is constant, you, you. And then people sometimes, sometimes people do this. All right, all right. When, 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 when you're married and in commitment, you got to crash through quitting points. And I've written about this and talked about this and discussed this, but I always say, in marriage, you got to go into four-wheel drive. Four-wheel drive. I got a truck. Four-wheel drive, man. I hadn't had to use four-wheel drive a lot, but sometimes I do. And four-wheel drive, you, you're driving on the freeway. Wham, wham. And then you have a problem in marriage. All marriages have problems. PMS, power, money, and sex. Those are the big three. <laughs> we veer off the freeway, and, and, and we start four-wheeling. You got to commit. Oh, man. <laughs> You got to be willing to go into four-wheel drive and only with commitment, only in a covenant where you have the octane to feel comfortable 
going into four-wheel drive. Now, sometimes you're like, man, we're stuck. Call for help. I've been stuck before. Call for help. One time I got stuck in a four-wheel drive vehicle. Call for help. I call for help. And, and call for a Christian counselor. A lot of times people sit down, parent, parents and, 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 and spouses sit down and they talk about family issues and marriage issues. And when the counselor starts getting close to the deal, oh, I don't like him. I don't like her. I'm not, I'm not going back to that. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? So often we bail out right before the breakthrough. I'm talking about commitment. I'm talking about commitment. Put it into four-wheel drive. Husbands, wives, put it into four-wheel drive. Marriage has different types of temperature. It's got some hot stuff. Hot stuff and you wow. The Bible made it that way. It's good. There's also some lukewarm stuff. There's also some cold stuff, sometimes icicles. Most of marriage, I hate to rain on your romantic parade, I hate to rain on the Hallmark Channel and these romantic <laughs> comedies, but most of marriage, sorry, Matthew McConaughey, most of marriage, Sandra Bullock, Jennifer Aniston, most of marriage is lived in this lukewarm situation. But if you want the greatness, you've got to commit. People living together now. Cohabitation. Huge amounts of people are living together. Just, you know, free sex, no commitment. It's great for the guys especially. And the girls think they can lure him into marriage. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Could it be that a lot of us are dating the church and it's time to get married? Could it be? I'm just, I'm just throwing it out. So what is fear? I said earlier, fear is a frantic effort to avoid reality. Maybe fear should be this. I'm going to face everything and receive. Receive the blessings of God. Commitment, it starts with God, the house, your spouse. And one, one, one more thing I want to hit you with. When we do these things, when we're committed to God, it starts with him, house, the spouse, our kids catch it. You want, you want to bring up kids with integrity? You want to bring up kids with creativity? Do you want to bring up kids who have a great self-esteem? It's not going to be found on the soccer field, the football field, the basketball court, or jumping around, cheering, or doing ballet. That stuff is good. The best is about commitment to God, to the house, to your spouse, and the people that you run with. So commit to the people who are committed to God. Who do you run with? One time I was in some swampy waters with a friend of mine who was a Marine, served in Vietnam, and when I emerged from the waters, I had this leech on my leg, a big old black leech. I was like, oh my God, it's just a leech, you know. You have these nightmares of him sucking every bit of blood out of your body. So thankfully my friend smoked. <laughs> Burn that thing off. Do you have any 
relationships? Any people sucking the life out of you? The sinister minister puts about two or three jacked up people in everybody's life. They'll just suck the emotional and relational energy out of your life. Burn them off. Commit to those people who are committed. Where do you find them? Here's the church. (laughs) There's the steeple. Over the doors and see all of the committed people. So commit to people who share the commitment that you desire. We abandon commitment. We abandon intimacy. Commit to God. So where are you? On the edge of the pool? Or are you like level? Are you all in? Thank you for listening. And thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.